You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweet to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game that's necessary and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Settings Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. My brother. What up, my brother? <laughs> What's going on, pal? That's, that's my that's my best island impression. <laughs> yeah, that's good, my brother. What's that, up, man? Nothing much. Everything is good, man. How you doing? Man, I'm good. I am really good, you know, uh, in a space where I am not going to give the world or anybody in it permission to ruin my day. That's how determined I am right now. Absolutely. What about you? I, I like that. I'm going to go with that. Bet. Bet. I'm a, I'm I think a, it's important. Yeah. I think it's important. We don't give we don't give the world or anybody any permission to ruin our day. Man. Yeah. Yep. I got it written on my board right there behind me. It says protect your mentals at all costs. So the question yeah. is, what are you willing to do to protect your mentals? Whatever I got to do, brother. <laughs> By any means By necessary. Any means, brother. Well, do this for me. Take take me into what blew your mind, because I got something that's that's kind of grinding my gears a little bit. I gotta get off my chest, man. We we gotta talk about it. I've been saving this one. So take Ooh. me down what blew your mind. Um, it's a couple things that I guess it all ties together. But I, I guess what's blowing my mind this week is uh, the idea of respecting the process. And I think sometimes we get antsy uh, about progress. We get down worried about the past or we get caught up looking at like what the next person is doing. But I think if you're just self-evaluating and you're hitting your marks and doing everything you're supposed to be doing and you put in the best effort and you're being real with yourself, you you got to respect your process and understand, and I've said it several times, man plants, God grows. Man mm-hmm. plants, God grows. So that's um kind of been blowing my mind this week where I've spent a lot of time this week, more time than not looking behind me and, and just thinking like, I, I don't think we've talked about it, on this podcast, but I guess I could let the cat out the bag. I, I recently was offered uh, a job um, at an institution and it was a dream job. It was an absolute dream job and um, worked out that I didn't accept the position. And it was, you know, reasons that are were kind of beyond my control and you mm-hmm. know, just was the best decision for my family to not mm-hmm. accept the job. But I caught myself a lot this week just looking behind like, man, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And um and I just kept reminding myself like, yo, just do the work, do what you're supposed to do and everything. If you believe what you say you believe, you just trust in God and just understand that everything is gonna work out for your good. But you gotta do the work. You absolutely trust. do. Yeah. You absolutely do, man. You know, that 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 makes me that brings a couple things to mind when you say that, right? In the Bible, the story of Lot's wife, uh, I believe, when 
um, they were told to leave the city of Sodom and Gomorrah and they were instructed specifically not to look back and Lot's wife turned around and turned to a pillar uh, of, of sand, I believe. Uh, she turned to sand, to dust because she looked back and you, you think about how, how true that is for people. Um, what happens to them being kidnapped by their past um, is hanging on to them that they can't move forward. Mm -hmm. um, but then also, you know, and what you said in terms of trusting the process, it, it definitely ties into what's, what's on my mind and what, you know, we'll discuss here in a bit, but all too often we, people enter a space where they have an opportunity to excel and improve themselves and better their future. And they see other people already successfully doing it in that space. And they think that once they enter that space, they automatically turn into the people that are already doing it. And all too often, they don't know the process that those people had to go through to get to, get to where, where yeah. they see now. Yeah. They just see the finished result. Yeah. It's like, at the end of the day, you got to go learn the story and the journey process to get there. It's almost like a badge of honor. You do have to earn those stripes yeah. if you want to operate successfully in certain spaces. That That is how that rings rings true to me. But here's today's topic, what I want to talk about or the discussion that I want to have rather than the topic is. So um, I started a, uh, my wife and I started a, a different, a new business venture. And mm -hmm it's an opportunity for us to do a couple things, right? I recognize that my purpose in life and my purpose for my family and as a man is to create generational wealth. That wasn't mm -hmm. taught to me growing up. I've had way too many conversations with people who talk about generational wealth that was passed down within their family and their lineage. And in mine, it was never discussed. That wasn't, that wasn't anything anybody thought about was possible. But now yeah. that I know that my wife and I said, we got to create it. So we set out on this new business venture, right? And in doing it, um, we came across a client, a potential client who asked us for a quote. Their, when we told them to quote, their response was, oh my gosh, that's too much. You need to take that price and minus X amount of dollars. And I had to stop myself. I had to stop myself from reacting and responding emotionally because I know that this person only has a certain expectation for them, their life, and what, how, how, how much things should cost. That expectation mm. is reflected in and projected onto other people. And I, I had to stop myself because my thought was, why is it that people think that they deserve a handout? Mm -hmm. Why is it that mm -hmm. people think that they should just be given something for somebody else's hard work? And I can't, mm -hmm. I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Like, why is that so many people just just what's the word i'm looking for hell bent hell yeah. bent on yeah. on on just being given something yeah and yeah. not appreciating yeah. the work that goes into yeah. to producing something you know and they want you they want you to play at their level they want you to they want you to play at level it's, it's the it's the you know the biggest thing with the crab in the bucket mentality the problem is crabs wasn't supposed to be in no bucket 
Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. So if, if one crab is trying to get out the bucket, the crab that's in the bucket, they have no choice but to, or that they're going to try to pull the crab down instead of standing on each other. That, that's part of the reason why, as a community, we're not able to move forward. Mm-hmm. Is that mentality of hand me out. It was today. I was in a gas station. And I went to um, the gas station, and 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 the uh, it was. Uh, and I, I got to figure out the politically correct way to say this, but it was um, Indian people that were owning the gas station. And although it's very stereotypical, I just said to myself, "Why is it that everybody else has something, a niche? You know, you know, Chinese they have markets, they have restaurants. You know, Mexicans, Latinos, you know, Hispanics they have restaurants." Indians typically have gas stations. Why is it that we have nothing? And it goes back to the mentality of we, one, we weren't taught to build and create. Two, when somebody else gets it, we want to bring them down to, of no, we need it at this price instead of meeting them where they are. It's the mentality, you know, we we can call it, it's a a wealthy mentality as you you said it, but it it is what it is, harsh turn. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a harsh term. I think, I think in what you're describing, how do those different groups consistently establish businesses and create wealth for themselves? And it's they have a process for doing it. Yeah. What you're seeing is the end goal. That store, that, yeah. that market is the end goal of a process that plant that is that is formed from seed money from mm-hmm. family and friends who are committed, who are all committed to this process. Mm-hmm. 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 So I guess, you know, where, where my head went with this particular instance was, is this how poverty is not necessarily created, but sustained? This, this mentality of expecting a handout, is this how poverty is sustained? I, I think um, I have a hard time saying if this is the way it is sustained because I understand all the other systemic things around it. And for me personally, it's hard to separate the two i think i but i i I have i do have an explanation sorry go ahead okay okay go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say the the systemic as i've been thinking about it the systemic structure that caused the poverty and probably perpetuates it can be countered and we've seen it successfully countered in people who are driven and ambitious enough right Mm mm-hmm but there are there is a responsibility placed on each person to take ownership of their life and to change their environment and their situation and their circumstances. As my pastor say, thank God I don't look like what I've been through. Mm-hmm. Right. I think remaining in poverty for some people, not all. So let me say that for some people is also a process. And I believe that process starts with a mentality, that mentality. I agree. Actually, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Ask the question again that you initially asked me. 
So the question is, when I think about poverty, when I think about people who feel like or who haven't been able to create wealth, yes, the system puts you in a certain situation in a certain circumstances. However, because of the glorious technology that we have, the internet, we all know that there is better and you have to work at it. You have to, to do a process. But is a mentality like this where you expect a handout the reason people stay in poverty? It is sustained. The short answer is yes. Okay. My thought of it is for some odd reason, but I, I feel as though I'm thinking of it the same thing. The, I'm thinking of the same thing. I'm just wording it differently. Okay. The mentality is what stops you from building yourself or building for yourself, mm-hmm. which is the exact same thing. It's just mm-hmm. to me, it just, the wording of it feels a little bit different. And, and, and I don't know, true story. One day, like, if you imagine where I work, uh, we're, we're in a smaller county school system and you have a more, let's just say a more affluent school system, like seven miles up the road. So if you think about three points, A, B, C, D, four points. Um, my school is outside of closer to point A and the other schools closer to point D. Mm-hmm. So you're driving, right? Point A, uh, lower socioeconomic people live there. Point D, rich folks live there. Let's say point C, low socioeconomics. Point B, rich folks. We have a system where we got people from point C, although they're closer to point D and the rich school, are going to point A. Mm. are going to the school closer to point A. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. B, that are the richer one that's actually closer going to the rich school. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying about poverty, but that's a whole lot of system because you, you think about where, where are you going to see more police? A rich neighbor, poor neighborhood. Poor. Where are you going to see worse schools? Rich neighborhood, poor neighborhood. Poor. So now it goes back to what's the biggest the difference? The biggest difference is the resources. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, yes, a a, a proverbish mindset is will keep you there if you can't figure out how to break that mentality. And and I find it hard because I don't want to give people an an excuse. I don't want to give people an excuse to stay that way and always point the finger to somebody else. But mm-hmm. I just don't know how to separate the two. It's almost like what comes first, the chicken and the egg. If they had better resources, would they be able to? Or are we just going to just point straight to the mentality of it? So and- let's take out the context of it's about the situation and circumstances you in. And let's just deal with the mentality. Because okay. I think that a lot of people in terms of not being able to discover their purpose and walk in their purpose has to do with what's between those two ears. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's take you're not in an impoverished neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You came from a middle class family. Two parents were in the home. You had a good upbringing. You had decent resources available to you. But yet you still have not accomplished more than just getting growing up and getting a job. You haven't you haven't done much with your life. Right. Mm-hmm. What's really the difference between a poverty or or an impoverished mentality versus a wealth mentality. It, it, it's the teaching, somebody teaching them. Somebody but, teaching them. 
But in this day and age with so much information at the click of our fingers, how, why is it still so reliant on other people? Again, that mentality of waiting for a handout or being given something. I, I, didn't, I didn't say other people. I just said it's not being taught. So if your environment is not teaching it, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think you can't play downplay the power of being a product of your environment. And, and this is such a hard conversation for me because um, we are success stories. We dug ourselves out of the mud. Like I'm a first generation, like real story. I don't know if I said this in a podcast before, but real life, I'm a first generation American. Like my family, my family are immigrants. They came here and they didn't come here on no boat, but they came here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so off topic when we were kids, we used to talk about the banana boat. The banana boat. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to clear that up real quick. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. know, we, we came here and, and like, quote unquote, we are the American dream. We didn't come from much mm-hmm. and, 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 and we, we built it. So I have a hard time. I really struggle with this because I see the mentality. Um, I, I'm, I'm in that environment, but I guess I'm just looking at the forces from the outside being too strong. And, and it could just be where I am in this space in time. If you asked me this question maybe five years ago, I might've seen it differently. Mm-hmm. But I, I think those two things where it is just like, the what what a person is exposed to what they're being taught is 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 groundbreaking for them and and the ability to see past what's right in front of you that's just that's just a tough skill true true it's it's like we've talked about before sight versus vision right not everybody has vision you know um for that matter not everybody has sight i guess so like i started recently i started my nephew he's entering high school. And mm-hmm. so he, he plays sports, he plays baseball. And I wanted to make sure that he had that mentality of being independent, self-reliant, continuing to further that work ethic that, you know, he has aspirations of playing professionally one day. I know that right now, as we talk about a process, that process has to start now of yeah. just strengthening your core. So me and him, a couple times a week, we get on video chat, we do, we work out, we do bodyweight squats, we do push-ups, we do sit-ups, just the stuff to work your core. Yeah. And I, it, it's an opportunity to talk to him, you know, a uh, man, the young man, and get him on that page and that try to help build that mentality that you don't need anybody but you and you. Yeah. I take that back. Let me restate that. You don't need anybody but God and you yeah. to get to where you want to get to. Yeah. If you work hard, he will do the rest and open the doors according to his will and his plan for your life. Right. And as I work with him and as I talk with him, I think about I think about and hope that he builds he builds a strong independence rather than having a dependency on others. And I think that that's what, for me, the difference is in that mentality and why some people are more successful than others. Um, I think that we have experiences and we get exposed to certain things that can even be traumatic, 
right? They can be detrimental, like a systemic problem. Um, uh, um, someone physically hurts us, uh, emotionally abuses us, right? Those things can cause problems. But I heard, I heard, uh, you remember the comedian Monique, right? Yeah. I heard her and her husband on an interview one time talking about their relationship. And if you know Monique's story, she was abused as a child. I, I think it was by her brother or some family member, right? Mm-hmm. And for a long time, she said she was a victim and her husband saw that in her. She played that victim card and used that as the reason why she can't move forward or do certain things. And he said, you know, as a child, and, and forgive me if I'm misstating this, but he said, I get as a child, you had no control over your situation, but as an adult, you have control over your yeses and your noes. Mm. And for, for me, for a lot of people, there becomes a certain point in time when we transition from being a young person, a young man, a young, a young woman, mm-hmm. and we're now a grown man and a grown woman who is in control of their yeses and their noes. And so I get bothered and upset by that mentality, that, that dependency mentality. That that always looking for the hookup mentality. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, bro, I agree. I, I I agree wholeheartedly. And and I guess the key to breaking the mentality is somebody has to make the choice. So it's who makes that choice. When do you make that choice? And and, and that's that's the that's the conversation. But I I do agree. And like when when I say welfare mentality, that's just such a I feel bad saying it. And I I I think it's just the because when we think welfare, like I just think welfare mentality is just a tough, tough thing to say, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is it is true. Like you can't be the victim and play the victim. Like it's okay to acknowledge the struggle and the shortcomings, but I guess the question is at what point and how do you move past that and begin to try to find results. Um, it's going to be internal. There's a moment in time. I think each and every one of us, some sooner rather than later, uh, some of us have an experience, have a moment when we look at our surroundings and our circumstances and we say either this is it and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. Or if this is it, Something got to change. Or uh, maybe it's not okay with it. Maybe you just accept that this is all I got. But I think that that's what I mean. Like you're accepting this is all I got and this is all it will ever be. I think yeah. that that's, that's really what it is. You can't see past, yeah. past their immediate present future. Yeah. And that's so, so, and, and I mean, just thinking about a mentality, I told my kids today, we, we, we ended practice and we had a lot of turnover. Like we lost a lot of kids to graduation. Couple kids quit. Couple kids move, moved. And um, I looked at them today and I said, "Guys, we could probably still have the best group we've ever had here in 13 years." And that's saying a lot because we've really had some good groups. If you could just see past it, that's just such a hard thing to teach. To see, to have that vision, to see beyond the circumstance. And to see out in front. You're right. And I think there is a responsibility on the individual, yes, that I've stated and I stress over and over. But there is also a responsibility on on those who have 
achieve yeah. some level of success. Yeah. You know, my, one of my favorite poems that I learned is bridge builders, right? And the premise of the story is you, you encounter, you overcame the challenges, you pulled yourself out of the mud. And instead of carrying on with your own pursuit, your own selfish uh, pursuit in life, you decide to reach back, right? And help those who are coming behind you. You mm-hmm. know, uh, my, my neighbor, he his son is in high school and he plays DB, right? And he has dreams and aspirations just like I did to play professionally, right? Did I make it pro? No. But do I have some knowledge that he does not have? Yes. And so every Sunday we work out and I teach him the drills that was taught to me by my uncle who mm-hmm. played DB, who played in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And my uncle back then told me, you got to give back. You got to teach those coming after you. I didn't know that I was going to get here to this moment and be working with this, this kid. But in doing that, I'm trying to raise his level of expectation at the same yeah. time I'm yeah. trying to raise his yeah. skill. And I think that that's the missing connection yeah. for for people, for for those who have accepted the responsibility to help other people, you have to raise a person's expectation in order for them to see that that is possible and see mm-hmm. beyond their immediate uh, 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 circumstances. So what if there's nobody around? Like, how does one raise themselves if there's no... And I mean, that's so friggin' stupid because you have the internet. The world is exactly. smaller than it's exactly. ever been. So you have the choice to look in a different direction. But I'm going to play really, uh, I guess, sensitive guy. And like, how does one raise their expectation if there's no models of expectation around you? Hmm. How does one raise their own expectation if there are no models of expectation around them? My head goes to thinking about how multiple generations all live in the same place, same neighborhood, same area, right? They all kind of pass down that same expectation. To your point that the world is much smaller and the internet is so readily available, I think it it comes back to you may not have the models, you may not even have access to internet or or what have you. I think it comes down to looking again at your circumstances and saying, is this what I want and or believe is, is it for me? Is this maxed out? I, I can't. I just can't accept that nobody is able to look at their circumstance at some point, even if it's at one, one time, look at their circumstances and ask themselves, is this it for me as they look around? That ain't about somebody else told you an expectation or exposed you to something else, right? That's about saying, my surroundings, is this it? Am I willing to accept this for the rest of my life? And I think that that is how a person would then get inspired and get motivated to go get exposed and to gain new experiences and to decide to pull themselves out of the muck, right? Out of the, out of the, out of the mud and say, I'm going to achieve better. I don't know what better looks like, but I'm going to achieve it. I agree. It's just tough. I think there was one and, and it's odd for me because um i remember there was a point in time when i was like that equal opportunity everybody has opportunity now i'm just sitting on the other side and and you know it could just be i'm really wrapped in the 
negativity of the times. Whereas I feel so much ingrained in, in, in systemic racism things and, and the wealth gap mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm struggling with this right now, for real. Because I, I get what you're saying, and I, and I believe wholeheartedly what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. I believe wholeheartedly what you're saying. But my brain keeps traveling to the systemic things, if I'm being completely honest. And I don't, I don't want you to think that I don't agree that those things are such strong forces that mm-hmm. a person it makes it that much harder mm-hmm. i believe that i am blessed and privileged to have been able to pull myself uh with the help of family and friends and god but be able to have pulled myself and grow myself to a point that i've achieved some levels of success i still got a long way to go i ain't made it i haven't made it at all right mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still climbing that ladder but i am definitely not where I used to be or statistically uh, where I should have been or where the system may yeah. have intended me, me to be. Oh, yeah. uh, and I guess that's where, you know, you and I, the yin and the yang of, of a lot of our conversations and our experiences and our debates is, you know, I, I just, I'm on this side of it. And, and I guess I would, I guess based on that example, I shared at the beginning of this episode, I just got, to a point where I'm like, I'm tired of that being the excuse. I'm tired of people saying they're not in control of their yeses and their noes. Yeah, I agree. I I I I I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, because we are. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, he who says he can, he who says he can't, are both right. And um, you know, you got to take the steering wheel control the steering wheel for your life because if you're sitting around waiting it's um it won't it won't happen so you have kids mm-hmm. uh that you teach um what are some of the ways that you try to inspire them to have a greater expectation oh i'm a butt kicker really? oh, I'm a, I'm, oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm a, I am a butt kicker. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to murk you. I'm going to run you. I'm going to tell you I love you. But I, I'm a butt. I'm a butt kicker. And and I, I I let it be known that I have no aspirations in being mediocre or average. I have no. I I don't. I don't want no part of it. I have no interest in it. I and and I and I let that be known on a very regular basis. And I say the day that I have to move myself down to that expectation, I'm going to go do something else. And I think they understand it and they understand where I'm coming from. And, and I have seen a whole lot of results, but yet I do still see that mentality of this is enough and this is all I got and this is all I'm going to be. And I can't see past that. You know, so a lot of the times I get the feeling as though I'm pulling the wagon and, and I'm not saying anything here that I haven't said to them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm pulling that wagon up here and everybody's just sitting in the wagon as opposed to getting out the wagon and helping me push it up a hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taking, taking part in their own progression and movement. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. At what point do you stop helping somebody? You don't ever. You don't. Um, and I disagree with that, but go ahead. I want you to explain. Um, as long as they're in this in your sphere, 
Now, if if there's a point where you have to mutually cut and move on, then fine. That's different. But if they're mutually in your sphere, you can't. And and you know what I'm very good at as well? Not saying nothing and just letting you learn and then coming back and told you I told you so. But it doesn't mean that I didn't quit. That doesn't mean I quit on you. It is just that I've chose to not say nothing or I chose to back down and back off because you know, my, my attitude is especially with my students. If I don't, who else will? Hmm. And, and I would rather, I would rather fight myself until you separate yourself. I would rather fight and push until you make the decision. And I know clearly that you separate myself before I ever quit on you. Because I know if I did that, I can look back and sleep well saying that I did everything I possibly can hmm. for that person. And they made that decision. So when I said I disagree, here's here's what came to mind. I've I've had those experiences where I'm trying to help somebody. And mind you, I'm talking about adults. You're talking about kids. And I'm yeah. very different when it comes to kids, right? I recognize that youth and that they need good mentors and good people helping them. But I also realize that there are a lot of adults mm-hmm. who need good mentors and good people around them talking positively into their life, right? But when I want, when I want it, more than you want it for yourself Mm -hmm. that's the problem that's when it becomes a problem for me and that's when i gotta stop helping i can't want it more for you than you want it for yourself because i'm going to drive myself crazy because like you my expectation level is never going to decrease Mm -hmm. i only know one way you hear me say that all the time you ask me to somebody asked me to train them to work them out to to do something with them i only know one way and that's at this level of expectation and so for me, that that's when I would be at the crossroad of, am I going to stop helping this person? Because I recognize it. I want it more than they do. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, with adults, I guess I'm a little different. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. But, you know, it's still that same mentality of I'm going to go to a point and then I'm just going to shut up. And then it's, it's like, what you going to do from that time? Like now my cutoff point is when I feel as though you're wasting my time. Mm-hmm. When I can literally look at you and say, listen, I could be doing something else right now. So I'm going to go the other way. So, um, but I, I don't know. I did this something again. It's the same thing where I completely understand and agree where you're coming mm-hmm. from. But the idea of saying on quitting on people and letting you go, I just can't bring myself to do it. Sometimes not helping somebody is the help that they need. Sometimes that forces them to hit rock bottom, right? Because yeah. there are there are a lot of people who I don't know if they realize it or not, and some I believe do it on purpose, but they will identify all their resources who might help them. And they will go and go to those resources and exhaust them until that one burns out and then insert yeah. the next one, right? Sometimes the best help for a person is to find themselves alone with no support and no one willing to help them that forces them to say, all right, it's on me. Or the cycle just repeats. They were just, they go find new resources. No, they just get back into that parvish mindset. I don't think they ever left it. If they keep relying on other people. Facts, you know, I mean, I don't disagree, but then again, and it goes back to, (sighs) I don't know. People got to get off that hamster wheel, man. Yeah, People have yeah, to yeah, do yeah, more yeah, yeah. with their life. At the end of the day, the some of the best things you can do 
in discovering who you are and your purpose is personally developing you, working on you and deciding whatever it is that needs to get done, it's on me. Sometimes, and, and, sometimes the best is, is refusing some help. And you that's, know? yeah, that's me. Yeah, and that's, I guess that's the gist of this. And I, I, I gotta get, I gotta stop getting lost in the verbiage and focus on the fact of, yo, shut up and make a decision. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I, we, we, could, we, could, we could come up with any, we could come up with any excuse. We can point the finger any which way. You can tell me this, you can tell me that. But at the end of the day, you got to get your rump up and you have to make a change and you have to make the decision to make that change. And that's how change happens. And we break the cycle of uh, uh, the welfare mentality or, or not having wealth or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I, I think I'm really getting caught up in the verbiage, knowing that I believe there's no excuses. Mm-hmm. It, it, it becomes, it just becomes you. Mm-hmm. You against yourself. Like, what are you going to do? It's you and you. Yeah. So we can wrap this up. And I got this time something different. I got two quotes. Okay. Not just one. I got two. And it, part of that is because I couldn't decide on what, like you said, just shut up and make a decision, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> the decision I made. We're going to do both of them, right? So the first one, the first one speaks to our topic in terms of the system and, mm-hmm. and how a person can find, how a person can discover their purpose in it. The quote is, it's time to fix a system that's been broken for way too long. It's time to fix a system that's been broken for way too long. Not just systemically in society, but I think the systems that exist within people that is preventing them from moving up and improving their situation and their circumstances. It's time to fix a a system that's been broken for way too long. I agree. My mind immediately goes to the how, but I, I wholeheartedly agree. Well, that's what I hope that that quote does. Now, the last quote, I heard this on listening to E.T. Uh, E.T.'s podcast, um, latest episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking about an experience he had where um, he learned how to swim uh, because his uncle took him out into the lake and pretended that there was a shark and threw him off into the water. And he told him to swim, right? And all of a sudden, magically, that adrenaline kicked in and he now can swim. Here's the quote. Although it was my first time swimming, it wasn't my first time hearing how. And I think that what that speaks to is people oftentimes use an excuse of, I've never done it before. But that doesn't mean you haven't heard other stories and examples of how to do it. You're just afraid to take that first step. You're just afraid of what that first experience might feel like and be like. So if I could encourage anybody listening to this, although it might be your first time betting on yourself and taking a chance and stepping out on faith, I'm willing to bet it isn't your first time hearing about how to do it and why you should do it. So take this message to heart. Go take that chance. Have confidence in yourself. Go be great. Go find your purpose. And walk in that thing with your head held so high, so high, they got to call you to come down. At the end of the day, we love you. We appreciate y'all rocking with us, man. It was another great episode. We look forward to next week. Purpose Addicts, live life on purpose. We out.